it's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and good evening. It's Tuesday the 5th of September. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Coming up between now and 8pm, well, business awards season is well and truly upon us with the Midlands 103 Hospitality Awards 2023 um, open for nominations recently. Also, the Athlone Chamber and Westmead Chambers both have their awards coming up too. So we'll get little updates on all those award ceremonies over the course of the evening. And also, there's a major careers expo taking place in Mullingar in just a few short weeks' time as well. So Alison English from Mullingar Chamber will give us all the details we need to know about that, and including an update on, ex- on what's been happening with the Chamber. Actually, they're engaging their members now through different strategic groups as well to help support the businesses around their region. Also, you're going to find out tonight why Tullamore is once again going green for mental health and how your business can help spread the positive message. That and much, much more updates and announcements coming across the course of the evening. We're going to begin this evening by looking at BIM gathering. It's all around business information modelling. Before I get to that, though, I did say at the start of the show, it is Tuesday the 5th of of September. And that actually, believe it or not, coincides with the sixth birthday of taking care of business. And I'm kind of in shock myself. I copped it the other day. Hard to believe that six years every Tuesday night we've been here doing this show and uh, it just seems to keep rolling and rolling. And people often ask, you know, what's it like trying to gather content and get people to come on the show? It's actually really, really easy, uh, such as the spread and reach of Midlands 103. But also there are so many amazing business stories from around the Midlands that really need to be told. And people in the Midlands and beyond need to hear those because it compels people to take action, to maybe set up a business, to do something different. You learn about the career you're in. You learn about opportunities that might be out there. You learn about what your neighbours are doing that you maybe never knew about it or about those businesses that are down the boreens and back roads that are producing goods that are shipped right across the world. Well, as part of that feature this evening on building information modelling and looking at the digitalisation of the construction sector, I'll be joined by Tony Woods, the Managing Director of Midland Steel Reinforcement Supplies in Mount Mellick. They are, without doubt, global leaders when it comes to digitalisation um, and construction too. And Tony is an absolute champion of digital construction and of off-site construction as well. What they're achieving from a base in Mount Mellick is nothing sort of phenomenal. It is another amazing local success story. So you'll hear from Tony a little bit later on that. But to talk first about what BIM is, that's Building Information Modelling, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Alan Hoare. And Alan comes from Technological University Dublin, but he's also a co-founder of CETA. Alan, you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business. Thank you, Ronan, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Not at Alan, I suppose, to start with, right, BIM, Building Information Modelling. Probably not easy to sum it up in a sentence or two, but can you give listeners an idea of what it is and the role it plays and the significance of it within the construction yeah. sector? I suppose it's the digital representation of the physical and the functional characteristics of a building, allowing for improved design, construction and operational coordination. That's probably the simplest way to explain it, but it could also mean better information management or building information management. The key word here is information because the key issue in construction why many construction projects get into trouble uh, with delays and increased costs is because the information is not fully coordinated and the contractors struggling for information as a consequence there, there are problems. So it's that information piece that we need to fix. Um, the construction industry has become leaps and bounds over the, over the years, but it's a challenging industry because we're working with unique sites, we're working with unique clients, we're working with you know, differing, differing design teams and construction teams 
And as a consequence, I suppose, in construction, it's not possible to replicate the automotive industry, the aeronautical industry, you know, where you're in a kind of a controlled factory setting. But in this industry, and I think you'll hear from Tony later on, we need to construct less and we need to assemble more. So what I really mean is we need to have more controlled design, pre-construction, planning and then when we go to site we don't have the problems that we that, that we experience and that would would that also lead as well to say if buildings by their basic fabric are mm. more modular indeed more standardized mm. they can be finished differently but does it make a more sustainable and indeed maybe reusable or adaptable building I, I'm not necessarily talking about modularization because modularization can restrict you know design expression and so on what I'm talking about here is making it right digitally costing it right digitally and then making it for real. So, in other words, spending the time up front, making sure that everything works and fits, and then you can go to site with the assurance that it's going to work. Now, again, within construction, you know, you've got the factors that can, that can affect this. So sometimes we have to reverse engineer this in some respects, and we have to kind of produce an as-built model. Because at the end of the day, what the client needs is two assets, the building, and the digital model, because the digital model then can be used for operation and maintenance. And it can become a very valuable commodity, the digital model. I mean, I see in the property industry, for example, my son is a property professional. I'm amazed how, you know, how unsophisticated the technology is in the property industry. You know, clients are buying buildings, but they need to buy the physical, the digital asset as well. So therefore, they can manage the analytics of the building more efficiently. The idea of BIM, you know, pretty much every industry out there, every business has to look at digitalizing itself now to oh. remain competitive as well. BIM is not a new thing per se. Year Abs- on year, obviously, the, the need and no. the, 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 the role you know, of it is getting more and more credence. We've been talking about building information modeling for four decades. You know, I've, we formed the Alliance 20 years ago and we were talking about it then. But yes, Ron, in 2023, it has moved on significantly. I know we spoke before the show about it being, you know, a strategic methodology now that's used. And now we're talking about for the first time in construction, the idea of a digital twin. The idea that in, like in the automotive and the retail and the and the aeronautical industry, we can actually create a digital twin of the buildings and that can be, you know, phenomenally beneficial to the, the end users and the users of the buildings. And also that can be integrated into a sort of a smart city concept, you know. So uh, one thing we're going to see in Athlone on the 20th of September is lots of tech companies, you know, pushing the boundaries from the point of view of of its functionality. So this is only going to get more and more powerful. But you can have a very powerful technology. You can have lots of skills because we're generating the students. I'm an educator myself for over 30 years. Um, But the big problem is the cultural change. It's taken longer than the average ice age to get BIM used <laughs> in the construction industry, particularly by the SMEs and the micro companies. That, of course, would have led you to set up the Alliance CETA, as you've referred to as well. Can you give us a quick introduction to what it is and exactly how it maybe is, yeah. is helping construction companies and helping to maybe speed up that pace of, okay. of change and adaptation? Well, anybody listening in that is running a construction business or knows a construction business needs to know about the Construction IT Alliance because we are there to help. So the subscriptions that we get from our members and from, from sponsors are used effectively to encourage the Irish construction community to take full advantage 
of you know the emerging and current technologies. I was just chatting to Roland. We were chatting before the show about the fact that even yesterday we found out that through the CETA Skillnet network that we can fund up to forty percent of a company's training costs by just simply joining the alliance. And you can join the alliance as an SME or even as a sole trader for less than 150, 200 euros. We also run events. and We're doing an SME digital acceleration series this year uh, in the Chartered Accountants House in Dublin. Uh, we do regional events. Uh, we have network um, clusters in Galway and the north, south and east and west. And also we carry out funded research. So we're very committed to ensuring that our any funding we get that we deliver. So, for example, we've been involved in the in the successful uh, Build Digital project that TU Dublin were, were part of. We were also the secretariat for the National BIM Council of Ireland. And also we managed the BIM Innovation Capability Programme for Ireland that delivered the roadmap for 2018-21. But Ronan, we know what happened in 2020. We absolutely do. It <laughs> slowed it right down. But hats off to the Irish government because they have been very responsive and impressive to the point that they have formed a construction sector group. They've got a subgroup, Innovation and Digital Adoption Group, and they're now funding a centre of excellence in Galway called Construct Innovate and the Build Digital Project. Also, I drove through Mount Lucas there this afternoon and we have the MMC centre there. So there's a lot being going on and a lot of work is going in. But my own, the issue, I suppose, and the focus of the event in Athlone is that we need to accelerate BIM adoption and you can only do that with a roadmap. Of course, bringing people on board, mm-hmm. you say, mm-hmm. any, any element of court change, you know, particularly within an organisation, can yeah. be an arduous process unless people aren't well informed and they've got the mechanisms. By mentioning there that there is funding available to put people on courses, I'm sure will pique a lot of interest from, from mm. companies around the Midlands. From your own perspective, though, having that insight board as a mem- as a co-founder of CETA, but also from TU Dublin, are we looking now, like, has the skill set, the, the core basic skill set that people need entering the industry, is that evolving rapidly or is it still quite traditional just with a new added digital capability needed? No, I think hats off also to all the universities around the country, whether it's ATU or MTU or SETU, TUS. Um, they are running programs. They are getting support from the HEA, from skill nets, and they are delivering you know, world-class um, BIM programs for their graduates. What I'd like to see and what the Alliance would like to see and what the roadmap said in 2018 is that we need to kind of standardise the competencies for those students that are coming out. So, for example, the architects, the engineers, the quantity surveyors, the planners, the construction managers need to come out of the college with a baseline of skills and competencies so that when they get into a collaborative setting and they're working with BIM, that they, they understand what's involved. This, this is about using international standards and workflows to ensure that the information is managed better. Now, I'm a quantity surveyor. I've managed quantity surveying programmes in TU Dublin for over 20 years. And I'd be the first to admit that the quantity surveyors are perhaps struggling a little bit behind. And the reason for that is that they can only really deal with what's in front of them. So if they're getting information from the architect and the structural and mechanical engineer, they're dealing with that, whether it's drawings or separate models. But of course, what should happen is that the quantity surveyor and the contractor, 
needs to be involved much, the particular the contractor needs to be involved much, much earlier in that decision process. And I think you'll hear Tony talk about that when he, when he comes on the show. We will indeed very shortly. My studio guest is Dr. Alan Hoare from TU Dublin. He's also co-founder of the Construction IT Alliance. Um, after the break, we're going to talk to Tony Woods from Midland Steel in Mount Mellick and really see what BIM is like when it's put in action and what when a company embraces digitalization and automation, what it can do both in terms of growing that company, but also in streamlining and saving money in terms of the construction process as well. Tony will be a keynote speaker at that BIM gathering event that's taken place in Atlone that Alan's mentioned the 20th of September. So after break two, Alan will tell you exactly how you can get involved and try and get your hands on some of those last few tickets that remain. We'll be back with you very, very shortly. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come on Taking Care of Business this evening, I'll look at the various awards that have been launched around the region over the past couple of days, all looking at promoting and showcasing the great businesses around the Midlands and also discover why Tullamore is going green once again in September 2023 but at the minute we're having a conversation with Dr Alan Hoare from TU Dublin also a co-founder of the Construction IT Alliance and we're talking about the BIM gathering event that's taken place on the 20th of September in Athlone and uh, as Alan was outlining before the break there the, the role that BIM is beginning to play and indeed has been playing for quite a while in the construction industry is it cannot be understated in terms of delivering on you know, cost cost reduction um, even higher quality buildings less on-site issues less on-site you know clashes of you know the various services coming together too and really it is all focused and centred around that idea of, of information information management within that sector but how does that apply to a company who is a supplier to the construction industry a company such as Midland Steel Reinforcement Supplies in Mount Mellick founded of course and managing director of, of that company is Tony Woods um, anybody in the industry would be very familiar with Tony they've won multiple awards for their work uh, globally in the business and what started in Mount Mellick in 1998 now has expanded into Scotland, Newcastle, London and Norway and uh, possibly will go further afield. Uh, Tony's leadership directs strategic development within the company. He managed the financial performance and the growth of the company enabling efficiency and ensuring the group's position is stronger year on year. They focus closely on customer service collaboration and innovation in things like BIM through Tecla and they have a number of patents and, and systems they have developed in-house as well. I think that's enough of an introduction. Tony Woods, you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business. Thanks, Ronan. Thanks for having me. Good evening, Alan. Tony, could you just even give us, uh, give, give us a bit overview of maybe the current status of, of Midland Steel Reinforcement Supplies and, and I'll be straight with it, the impact and effect that you have on a sector like you are, you would be well known as a champion of, of digital construction and, and really looking at how digital technology can really, you know, drive building into the, into the next century. Yeah, I suppose, um, Ronan, we, we, back in 2012, were early adopters of the BIM process and <clears throat> We, we we definitely saw the need for change back then. And, and what we have done, I suppose, over the last 13 years, 12, 13 years, is we've tried to bring something fresh and new to the industry by by using the tools that are available to us. When we entered the, the roadmap of BIM, I suppose, back then it was primarily uh, a solution for 3D. And a lot of people believe that BIM is just 3D and that's their understanding of it, but it's it's far from that, like the BIM process now um, in our company, we're using it as a, a management tool. So it's not only managing data, but it's managing people and communication. And Alan referred to it there earlier in the conversation that, you know, that uh, BIM, if it's utilized efficiently and if it's implemented as a digitalization roadmap within businesses, 
it can bring enormous benefit to both your clients, your company, and the downstream that's following on behind you. Like BIM models now are now becoming, thankfully, the norm in, in Ireland and, and the UK and, and in Europe. And IFC models, if you mentioned them in 2015, people would look at you and think, uh, what's that on like? Uh, nowadays, an IFC model is very, very common. To utilize BIM further, I think, you know, the, the Seas of BIM Alliance are massive promoters of the process and have been for the last X amount of years. And, and thankfully, Alan set the, the whole the whole thing on, on a roadmap to try and deliver a, a BIM future for Ireland. And our government has just mandated BIM. So eventually, I suppose, the, the cookie is crumbling and people are seeing that there is actually a benefit to it. For years, and we, as I said, we were early, early adopters to it. Uh, we were a reinforcement firm trying to drive BIM upwards. And we saw the benefits ourselves, but many of the traditionalists in the world didn't see the benefits. It's now becoming a case that uh, by utilization of offsite modern methods of construction, BIM is now becoming an integral part of uh, an engineering company's business. And we, we're a reinforcement company. So you would have said, like, where would there be a place for it in our industry? Well, I suppose we have developed from utilizing it as a 3D model only to now managing our business and bringing it right through to utilizing the efficiencies and the sustainability that we can get from it. And we have, I suppose, we're mandating it very, very strongly to the industry. Um, we have developed our own processes and patented our own processes because of the assistance of BIM. And now it's it's coming to a point where, you know, we're looking at implementing um, uh, techniques for the future in lean manufacturing and utilizing it with robotics and trying to be a leader in, in the world in terms of trying to bring new solutions to the industry and hire robotic technicians instead of welders. So you could basically say that Midland Steel would be would have been an earlier adapter of BIM and, and associated technologies too. Alan touched there before the break about maybe fear in industry of how you upskill people or re-educate people. How is that, you know, how have Midland Steel managed that like and how did you go about making sure that you had the requisite skill sets in-house and if not now in future, how did you go about filling those gaps and making sure that you could develop this, uh, particularly when you were such early adopters? Well, I suppose it's, it's uh, from our from our point of view, it was certainly an ongoing development within the company where we had to try and upskill our people to new, new systems and solutions. But back in 2012, People were working off servers. There wasn't speed in the process. Now from 15 and 16, cloud-based systems have come in. So the BIM process and utilization of it is much, much easier to handle and train people on. Um, we have our own training in-house here. We've developed uh, a training process within our business, specifically for our business. And um, with the help of our team and staff that were self-trained, we have now a training schedule and program that we roll out to all of the individuals that join us. So, you, like, for, as uh, looking at BIM and looking at its process, you don't have to have a degree to be a BIM technician. And you don't have to have uh, a, a university qualification to actually enter the world of BIM. The world of BIM is becoming easier to enter and it's becoming easier to adapt to. And um, I suppose... You know, every business can utilize the BIM process if they take it on. 
really, you know, from the smallest of a building company that's building 20, 30 houses a year uh, to uh, the largest of companies that are utilizing BIM now and have BIM coordinators in, in, enabled in their business. But I suppose Alan referred to it there in his his, his latest, latest comments is that the education and the traditionalists and the construction industry are always going to be there. It's just about trying to change that in the right way. And, you know, BIM itself, if it's not um, taken on board early, an early stage involvement, the betterment of the process is then diminished. If engagement from cost consultants with their client developers, architects, engineers, run that right down through the management of the supply chain before they design their buildings. The BIM process, when the models are done, actually highlights everything. And Alan referred to it earlier. You you digitally build it before you construct it. And if you do that very efficiently, you're soon going to find out that it's not three times the price. It's not something that you should be afraid of. It's not something that A and B don't make C. It's actually much, much better. And the value commercially that people get by pre-planning their construction projects um, is very, very substantial. And we have many, many, many case studies that we have rolled out within our business where people have, up to the point of seeing it in action, always questioned it. So the traditional world, I suppose, needs to move on. Uh, education needs to be provided. Certainly, education in the process needs to be provided to assist the cost consultants to understand the benefits of the whole process. It's it's like, you know, it's a fully off-site uh, service solution. And it, the communication tools that are within BIM bring collaboratively everybody together, which is something that the industry has been crying out for for years. Yeah, it sounds like if you need it deployed right at that very early stage at design, even pre-tender to allow people to at least be on a level playing field when it comes to tendering for these jobs. Because if one company is looking at more traditional methods, which may take longer and use up more time and more materials versus a company that will be going with the offsite thing, um, th- that would make sense that that engagement is there from from the very start. But Tony, you're a, you're one of the keynote speakers at the BIM gathering in Atlone later this month as well. Um, it sounds like an event that you were happy to get behind, obviously, given given the moves you're making and, and effectively changing the world from Mount Melick. Well, this is a fantastic event and um, fair play to Alan and his team for, for getting it and pulling it together. You know, he's pulling some of the world's industry professionals into Atlone for three days from the 18th to the 20th and I would encourage anybody who's listening this evening uh, that's in the construction industry to definitely drop in and, and there are many, many keynote speakers on the day that will bring value just by listening to them and what they're achieving in their downstream by using the BIM process. Uh, and you only have to pick up on one or two things in the whole day and you go away with something very, very valuable. So, you know, we, we are big advocates of it. As I said, we've, we've started down the route of BIM back in 2012. We're 11 years into the BIM process now. Uh, we have seen substantial change to our business, our approach, and I suppose the benefits that we've got from it. And definitely it has pushed us down the route of looking at a far leaner, better, more efficient process for our industry. And we're bringing that through and justifying it. And now looking at the, the sustainability of, of buildings by doing so. Like, I mean, we're involved in a project 
um, uh, in the European Innovation and Technical Fund. And it's primarily down to utilization of BIM to develop a product that makes the industry greener and makes the industry manufacturing greener. So the benefits far outweigh the traditionalists in terms of what you can gain from it as you begin to use it. The more you use it, the more options that are given to you as to how to expand it in your business. It does. It sounds to have multiple uh, beneficial factors as well. And I mean, again, again, it's a, such a huge part of your strategic growth and development as well. Tony Woods, MD, Midland Steel in Mount Melick, thank you so much for taking time this evening. And as Tony said there, you can catch him as one of the keynotes at BIM Gathering coming up as well. Alan, I'm going to go back to you. I suppose like the, the, the event is coming back to Athlone, yeah. back to the Midlands. I, indeed, as you are, you were born in Athlone, you were telling me actually. Yeah, my dad think. was, was uh, God rest him, was based in, in Moat. He was in the bank. Um, and uh, we lived in Station Road, so very much coming back to my roots. Uh, what an inspirational message Tony had there. Wasn't it fantastic? And I remember we chatted earlier today and he said one thing to me. He said he saw the value early. He saw the value early in BIM and now he's delivering value to his clients. Um, so if there's any message, you know, it's so inspirational. That's the type of messages really that we're going to have at the gathering on the 20th of September. We will be online on the 18th and the 19th as well. So they're kind of fringe events. Um, so we have some, many of our international speakers are coming in online. And then we have a, a, an amazing cocktail of speakers coming. We have the European Union representative. We have major contractors like BAM, John Siskin Son. Um, we have obviously, we have Tony uh, from Midland Steel. Uh, we've got the Office of Government Procurement. Uh, we've got Building Smart International. We have it all. Kind of backs up to what Tony says, like this is a government initiative too. It's been Absolutely. backed by government as well. Alan, very briefly at the end, uh, yeah. just give us an idea if people want to get involved. There are still tickets available, I believe, for it. How can people Yeah, we. I just talked to the guys coming down the car. We've got 40 seats available. Um, it's a very simple kind of format for the day. Three key themes, motivational, set the right motivation for increasing BIM adoption. So we're going to hear lots of companies talking about the, the, the value of BIM and the articulating the benefits of their business. How you need to work in a culture of collaboration uh, by using standard information um, flows and also uh, the skills, the whole skills piece. But most importantly the cultural change that's required in the industry to realise the, 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 the potential of the technology. So yeah, it, you mentioned it's your sixth birthday. It's our <laughs> sixth gathering. Woo-hoo. This is the second time we've gone into the regions. We're still recovering from Galway in 2019. We all know what happened in 2020, but we're back with a bang. We're in that loan. 20th September, don't miss it. It's going to be a great event. And as I said earlier on, if you're a construction business, you're an architect, you're an engineer, you're a surveyor, you're a contractor, you're a supplier, you're a manufacturer. Did you know that the Alliance can help your business uh, by up to 40% of training costs? And we do come to the regions. We're not just staying in Dublin. We're coming around. We have our region network around the country and we'd love to see you there. Take the time, come along. And three things. You're going to hear about the challenge of the industry. You're going to hear about how we have to change. And above all, you're going to learn from each other. Trust a QS to get absolutely everything in and get value from me as well. BIMgathering.ie is the Thank email you. address for that as well. Or check out CITA, C-I-T-A, the construction 
an IT, uh, Construction IT Alliance there as well. Dr. Alan Hoare, thank you so much for coming down to us this evening. Thank you, and Welcome Alan. back to the Midlands and all the very best with BIM Gathering. Thanks again to Tony Woods from Midlands Steel Reinforcement Supplies who joined us there too. Time now for a short break. After that, we're going to find out what's happening in terms of wards around the region and then later on find out why Tullamore is going green for the month of September. Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. You heard the Midlands 103 Hospitality Awards been advertising that ad there as well. So if you've got somebody in that hospitality sector, you know, a tourism operator, anybody you want to get nominated for an award, if you go somewhere and you say, God, that was brilliant, but I know somewhere in the Midlands does it better, well, get on and nominate the midlands103.com because it is part of a bumper award season that's coming up as well. We have awards coming up in both at Loan Chamber and indeed in Mullingar Chamber. So to find out more about that, I'm delighted to be joined by President of Mullingar Chamber, Alison English. Uh, good evening, Alison. Just give us a quick overview. Your awards are now open for nomination, I believe. Absolutely, Barry. Um, sorry, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, our nominations are open now. They're actually closing for nominations Friday the 22nd. Um, this is our second consecutive year. And as part of that, we've actually increased the categories. So go on to uh, mullingarchamber.ie and you'll find all the different categories there. And by all means, uh, work away on, on nominations. Um, something else we're delighted to confirm this week, as well as our first judge, um, who's been confirmed as your very own Will Faulkner from Midlands 103, which Ooh, we're delighted about. That's, that's a tough tof- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've also confirmed um, our MC as the one and only Shane Barkey. Um, so I'm delighted um, that, that he's come on board and he's going to help us out with the, the awards on November the 3rd at the Mullingar Park Hotel. And actually, I know it's coming on the coattails of a major international event that's just taken place in Mullingar. You have a flower award this year for most supportive business or person of the year. That's a, that'll be nice, uh, um, I suppose, um, accolade for somebody given the phenomenal effort that was put in in Mullingar. Absolutely, you're dead right. The fact that it's, we have had such a successful FLA this year is one of the um, additional categories that we've brought on this, uh, this, this year, most supportive business person of the year. Be delighted to see who wins that. It'll be um, a real a real celebration, shall we say, for the town. Well, it's a busy time indeed for Mullingar Chamber because coming later this month, the 23rd of September, you've got your Midlands Career Expo. Give us the, the lowdown on that. What's happening? When's yeah, it happening? And, and how can people get involved? Yeah, it's all happening in Mullingar just now, Ronan. Uh, this is the place you want to be, <laughs> and we're just uh, kicking it off after the FLA. So, yeah, we've got our Career Expo, uh, which is taking p- place on Saturday the 23rd of September in the Mullingar Park um, Hotel from half nine till half four. Uh, we've currently got 50 registered companies who are actually exhibiting uh, with jobs in engineering, manufacturing, healthcare, financial, retail and hospitality, and so much more. Um, some of the premium stand holders um, to mention here are uh, Ritec, ORS, Ardona, Decotech, uh, Robotics and Drives, PharmaForce, Steripak, Teg. The list goes on and on and on. So the, the availability and the, the vacancies that are out there are phenomenal and we strongly encourage people to, to get on board and, and register and uh, get to, to this um, expo. Uh, we're expecting the attendance this year to be well over the 2,000. Um, and if you are interested in coming along, then by all means, free registration at midlandscareerexpo.ie or you can also register your interest at um, the Eventbrite website too. Absolutely. We've got yeah, some I'm, great speakers as well coming on, Ronan. We've got uh, Dr. Nora Patton, who's uh, an Irish astronaut engineer, and she's going to come and talk about women in STEM. Uh, we've also got uh, Fiona O'Neill, founder of Carefree Me, um, she's coming on to talk about mindfulness and business. 
and we've got Tom Grennan, who's the Assistant Manager at the LWTB and Athlone Training Centre, who's coming on to talk about apprenticeships, very topical at this time of the year. And also we have AN Other, um, who we've still to announce. We're going to announce that through the Chamber in the next couple of days, so watch this space. Wow, that's like the rumours around the electric picnic for next year. Why are they moving the date because of a big line? Sounds mm-hmm. like you've got a headline uh, headline speaker coming <laughs> as well. Again, fantastic event yeah. at a time where there is, you know, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of competition for employment out there. And even some of the companies yeah. you named, global leaders in their fields, what to do as well. And again, all happening here in the Midlands. But as was back to the day to day and the, the brass taxes of business too, businesses still need support after what we've been through over the past couple of years. Lots of disruption, lots of upheaval. And uh, you've set up a number of advisory groups in the chamber as well to work with local we businesses. We have. Yeah, no, we have. We've set up four um, new advisory groups and we try to um, cover four pillars of retail, hospitality, manufacturing and professional services. Um, So far, some of them have actually had one meeting and some um, of the categories have actually had two. The turnout, Ronan, has been phenomenal. So there is a need there. There's an interest, there's a demand, there's a want, you know, from the local businesses who fall under these categories. And it's great to see them, great to hear from them. And that's what the Chamber's all about. You know, we want to hear from the members. We want to hear what they want what they expect and how we can help them to and support them to do, um, you know, move move the dial for Mullingar. Absolutely. And I'm sure when members will appreciate that too, that when they, you know, when they know they're being listened to and the chambers are taking action as well and supporting them on the things they need, be it a jobs fair, the awards nights or those advisory groups as well. Sounds like uh, you have a busy tenure ahead of you as well. But for now, Alison oh, English. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, bring it on. Uh, bring it on, I say, no, Ronan. No, yeah. no better person, I'd say, to manage it anyway. So it'd be being yeah. a lean expert and everything else in between. But Alison, uh, thank you yeah. for coming out this evening and all the very best with those events as they come up. And you'll hear lots more about them on Midlands 103 over the coming weeks. Thank you, Ronan. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Time now to go across to Athlone uh, very briefly as well. They launched, the Athlone Chamber launched their own awards uh, last Friday night at an event in the town there. And CEO Tommy Hogan was giving me just a little update on, on the awards that are going to take place or that, are, that are now open for nominations too. Good evening, Ronan. Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, we launched, as you say, in the Sheraton Athlone Hotel last Friday. And our thanks to Gareth McGuinness and his team for facilitating us the Awards will be held in the, that hotel on the 4th of November. We have 15 categories that people can nominate them, uh, themselves for. And one of the ones that we're quite enthused about this year, which is different from last year, is our diversity, equality and inclusion category to help celebrate businesses that promote diversity in all its forms, ensuring equal opportunities throughout their business. When it comes to people then nominating businesses, how does that happen? What's the, the process behind that? process is quite simple, Ronan. We have our dedicated website at loanbusinessawards.ie and you can log on there and open up the application form and businesses can nominate themselves in three different categories and once they come in, we collate them and we'll be in touch with them then there afterwards. Um, and I want to stress the importance that the 29th of September is a critical date for us. That's when we close the nominations to open at the moment we close them on the 29th of September, so I want to encourage as many companies and people over the course of the next four, just under... Probably seems to just lost Tommy there as well. The 29th of September being the closing date for nominations in the Loan Chamber Awards. Check out the Loan Chamber website, get your nominations in and who knows, you could be shortlisted and you could be one of the winners on the night there too. Lots happening around the Midlands, you know, and rewarding all those fantastic businesses that you and your people run and your families working out there and just keep this region vibrant. But uh, time now for a short break. After that, I'm going to find out why Tullamore is once again going green for the month of September. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.
You're listening to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Time to discover why Tullamore is once again going green for the month of September. As some of the people involved in this initiative and indeed continuing initiative that was started by the late James O'Connor a number of years ago and to promote mental health and positive mental health around the time. And I remember the last time James was in to speak to me about the Tullamore Goes Green campaign, he brought one only be described as a giant green ribbon. It was about eight foot tall. Now, I think he brought it to hide behind because anyone who knew James knew he was quite nervous when it came to speaking and publicly speaking, but that in, in turn was his strength, that he was able to tell his story and to use his voice and talk about his own battles with mental health in order to help others. And what he's achieved, what was achieved in intervening years is phenomenal. The campaign is back this year and uh, James's wife, Lisa O'Connor, is here with me, along with Rog Larkin from Offaly County Council. A uh, very good evening, folks, and welcome to Taking Care of Business. Ronan, how are you? Good I'm good. Lisa, I mean, it's a, it's a poignant one to begin with. I mean, it was a campaign that I know it was at Sea Change first launched it. James saw decided we need to do that in Tullamore and typically with everything he did it became almost the standard bearer nationally pointing to reignite it this year I can imagine. Absolutely yeah. Um, we're hoping that this year we can go bigger and greener than ever before and we hope that all the businesses and organisations around the town will get behind the campaign uh, just for James this year especially. I think as well, I think, you know, it takes a number of years for to get a message out. I think people are really seeing that. I mean, if you look at even in the newspapers or listening to radio, you're hearing of the issues with mental health and dealing with that. And people, will of course, know that James was also the founder and, and the brains, along with yourself, behind Accessible Counselling Tullamore. Uh, you know, so to lead a campaign like this with, with, with a leader like that, you can see the effect it's having. I mean, across social media in the last week, the amount of businesses that you seem to have roped in. Now, I know if you've got someone like Raj on board, he's probably haranguing them too, but it, it must be lovely to see so many businesses getting behind you. Absolutely. This year, I'm inundated. I've actually ran out of green ribbons and I have found some in storage that are covered in sawdust from previous <laughs> years that I'm using now. Um so I've I've ordered more. I had 5,000 ordered, so they're gone already. And it's great to see this year uh, a lot of the multinational companies in the town approaching me uh, looking for ribbons, um, which in other years we mightn't have had. So it's it's great. The reach is, is huge. Yeah, you might just give listeners as well a reminder of, of how it works. So the green ribbon, essentially, and people are probably very familiar with them already because we see all everybody wearing them. Um, you can get the green ribbons from yourselves. And, and the idea is to what? To, to wear it and, and show it proudly. Absolutely, yes. So the idea is to pick up one of these little free green ribbons, which will be uh, in shops around the town and to wear it uh, for the month of September. And by wearing it, it just shows that you're open to having a conversation around mental health. Again, that conversation that that's so important to have. And as well as businesses, you've got things like the local authorities on board. I actually saw a picture, I think, uh, Councillor Declan Harvey or somebody had it up. The town hall has right, two yeah. massive green ribbons. And Rod, you're probably a big driver behind that. And indeed, the man who's responsible for lighting O'Connor Square green. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, James approached me back in 2018, which was the first year of Tullamore Goes Green. And he asked me, would it be possible for myself to approach the council on lighting the town hall and O'Connor Square green? So they were delighted to help, delighted to get behind it. So every year now they, they remind me to light it green. Right. I don't even have to remind them anymore. Yeah, but do you see yourself even at, at council level that the likes of the councillors and even maybe the, the, the management are beginning to really get oh, behind the initiative? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they're, they're asking me now for, for photographs to bring in, for opportunities to bring in the green ribbon and wear them for for larger pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, everybody's getting involved. Making a difference as well. Yeah. Um, Lisa, as well, I suppose, again, you know, the ribbons are there. They're available to people as well. 
deep down, what's your what's your hopes for this year like? And then this goes to both of you actually. What would you like to see? What's the big outcome from 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 this year in terms of the green ribbon campaign? I mean, each year it's it's building, you know, it's it's gaining and gaining momentum. I I'd personally like to see every single business in Tullamore, every person walking around with a green ribbon on. I mean, they're free. They're they're just to show people that you're you're willing to chat about your own mental health. And that, like, just trying to end the stigma of not being able to talk and, like, there's too much of that going on. Do you know, if it even helps five or six people, I mean, the job is done, you know? And, like, especially this year, after poor James is passing, it would be nice, like, to, for everybody to get on board and to honour his memory. Yeah, and I think that like, he yeah. would love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like and he'd be, he'd be the first one to bat away any praise he might exactly, get for yeah. it, but he'd be the yeah, yeah. he'd be that driver behind it. And of course, James is going to be commemorated with a with a very special walk. It's coming up. Is it October that's taking place? Yeah, it's on the sixth of October in Tullamore Harriers, and we're asking that people who come up and walk between five p.m. and midnight, they can walk for as long as they want and stay for as long as they can, and we'll have some music and some food and some entertainment. And we hope to have the online registration page up and running this week. Um, but people can also register on the night to walk. Um, and there's, there's also going to be the James O'Connor Memorial Treek Kilometre Race in the Harry, on the track as well on the night. And we have um, a trophy being made at the minute sponsored by local businessman Seamus Walsh uh, from Ellsport. So um, we're just hoping people come along and get your name. The winner will get your name on the trophy. And every year then um, we'll be handed over to the new winner or whatever. Oh, because so, there's yeah. going to be a perpetual oh, one yeah. that could be handed out exactly, year and year. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like the campaign has really grown momentum as well. Are there any other resources or any other ways businesses can get involved too? I mean, obviously maybe donations, but are there any other materials they can use or, or can they do anything even like in shop windows to sort yeah, of yeah. Get, get that green they message can, across? Um, message myself or Lisa or even act in Tullamore and um, we'll drop down with a large ribbon for the windows or they can light them green if, the, if they have the the way of lighting the windows green, um, or even just display a box of ribbons on their counter, or even wear the ribbon themselves, be be excellent. Yeah, I suppose across yeah. all their social media, exactly. or if they're going any yeah, public yeah, engagement as well, get that green ribbon on, yeah. you know, and showcase it as well. Uh, Lisa, just over to yourself for a final word as well. I mean, I think again, to continue these initiatives as well, in in, in such a tough year, is is an absolute testament to you. And I think you can rest assured that the work is being recognised and it is doing great good and as Raj said you know if it only helps one, two, three people that's a start you'd probably suspect it's helping a lot more than that um, listen well done in everything you do and uh, any final message you'd like to throw out there? Yeah, I suppose uh, I just would like to see people wear the ribbon and I suppose it's just to you know get people to talk and just to open up you know there there is no stigma around mental health we all have mental health just like physical health and there's no shame in going through it a rough patch and opening up and talking to somebody and also I suppose equally then to be there to listen if somebody opens up to you. Absolutely and I think that that message will resonate with, with so many people there too but there's lots of other people who just need to know that that there is somewhere you can go there's places you can, services like ACT that you can contact as well Lisa and Raj that's it you're off the hook you can sure, relax sure. again Thanks now as well much. Raj you're an absolute natural <laughs> too by the way Thanks a million folks for, for, for coming in and I say just keep an eye out around Tullamore in particular you'll see those green ribbons and the various paraphernalia all across the town as well check out your social media lots of business already have got behind and as, as the guys are pointing out even at multinational level so thank them both for coming in and for the great work that they are doing across the community as well and that really wraps it up for this evening it's time for me to really get out of this what's well, a very hot seat this evening I have to say in the 
studio here. Joe Cooney is ready to come in after eight o'clock with Country Roads. But uh, I'll be back next week, as always, from seven o'clock, as I have been. And I mentioned at the start of the show, as I have been pretty much every Tuesday since this day six years ago. Yet a little bit astounded myself to think that this show has been on air for six years. It equates to about 1,250 interviews. Actually, no, 1,259 interviews as of this evening now and uh, over 308 individual one hour long shows are taking care of business but the great news is I think we're only getting started there are so many more wonderful stories of incredible Midlands businesses and business people that we haven't even covered yet and others that we have to go back on and get the latest updates so hopefully you'll join me on that journey over the next couple of years but other than that time for me to go and I'll talk to you all next Tuesday from 7 the podcast of this evening's show should be available on midlands103.com from tomorrow morning have a listen in and share and share alike be safe talk to you all soon Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103.